Welcome everyone to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm Ken Hill. My goal with the podcast is to share the techniques and habits of what the best motorcycle riders in the world do to thrive and survive in a sport that has consequences. Using my 20 plus years of riding and training at the highest levels, I want to make these techniques and habits accessible to every rider in the world. The podcast structure is deliberate. I don't have sponsors. The duration relative to many other podcasts is short, making it simple to listen multiple times, and I only release a new podcast when I feel I have something to share. I'm not cranking out podcasts because my sponsors say I need to. You listeners are my sponsors, and I appreciate the donations, which can be made via the podcast page on my website, khcoaching.com. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. This is your host, Ken Hill. A little housekeeping. Uh, we already kind of went through our 2022 update, so we got a lot of the housekeeping out of the way. Um, and I wanted to record an introduction to, to this podcast. And this podcast is um, the Circle of Fundamentals, a mindset for improvement. I've had a lot of notes written on this one for a very long time, and it wasn't until middle of this, this year that I kind of realized what I, I wanted to say with it. And what I find is that, one, in our sport, people aren't recognizing that there are fundamentals, and two, a lot of times we glance over the, the, the real fundamental uh, techniques, and instead we focus on incremental techniques. And so the joke that I have is that you're worried about a short shift, but you're breaking 200 feet too early, uh, or your your whatever your brake release point is off. So I think that we can really help your understanding of the fundamentals. I think we can help understand the different differentiating between fundamental improvements versus incremental improvements. Um, in this in this podcast, and I this this will go a long way in in your development. So, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story here, and then we'll jump into the we'll jump into the to the main podcast. Uh, and when I when I start the main podcast, I'm going to start it off by reading the introduction to um, our base moto pilot guide uh, because it really I spent a lot of time explaining fundamentals and and what's going on with them in our sport and how you can accept this this mindset for improvement. So the story is I was at Summit Point Raceway in West Virginia a couple months ago and I was doing a car gig there. And the car gig was I was doing some right seat work as well as some um, classroom work. And so I I'd seen some videos of of Summit Point so I had an idea of of um, what the layout was, but I hadn't been around it. So my first deal of the day was was doing a right seat, doing some right seat work for a guy in a, in a, in a new a new GT4 Porsche. And so we go out and we do a couple three laps with him driving. I evaluate what's going on, and we go into hot pits. And I said, you know, we have a choice. We can I can draw some things out for you, or if you'd like, I'd be happy to to demonstrate. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'd love the I'd love the reference lap on my data. Uh, and this is a pretty, you know, good guys going, guys going pretty quick. And at some point, pretty short track. But when you start to get in, you know, under the, say, a minute 20 range is very, very quick. 
and actually anything under a minute 30 is you've, you've got to be putting some, some proper technique into the, into the car or bike. So I go out and, uh, my first lap is first lap in his car, never driven his car, uh, was a 32. Second lap is 28. Third lap is a 26. And I think my third lap or fourth lap was a 23. And that was pretty much about the limit of where his particular car was going to, was going to be at. And so, we, we get talking and, uh, you know, he asks, you know, he asks some questions about my experience at Summit. I said, that's the first time I've ever been, that's the first time I've ever been around the track in a car. I've never, I've never been around the track. And he's like, wait, what? You've never, you've never ridden or driven here? And I said, no, never have. And I, here was a guy that was, that was, um, very good driver but he was working on something that essentially it was in the wrong order. He was working on trying to maximize very high brake pressure, but didn't really even understand track dynamics or didn't even understand where the car needed to be. So, you know, for, for me to jump in his car and go relatively quickly within four laps at a track that I'd never essentially been to, that was a little bit eye-opening for him, and that's what this this podcast is about: is developing these fundamentals, so you can do it as well. So let's jump into um, let's jump into the podcast, and um, yeah, let's uh, let's get your fundamentals and understanding of fundamentals going. Fundamentals: a mindset for improvement. I'm going to read uh, part of the introduction to my. Uh, a base motor pilot guide, and I'm going to start, and I'll start uh, reading, and then I'll stop and comment on a couple of a couple of sections or a few sections, um, just to just to kind of drive some of the points home, and also to talk about where did, where did these thoughts come from. So here we go. Other sports such as martial arts, baseball, football, and cycling have long had highly standardized training fundamentals and clear pathways for developing for development and technical improvements. It's time we did too. I developed my methodology by looking at the sport backward. Reverse engineering what the best riders in the world were doing and creating not only knowledge and skill objectives, but an order in which to teach them. This was a massive breakthrough in how I taught as it allowed a rider to improve in less time with less risk. Why? Riding time is limited. Track time is limited and expensive. And trial and error is expensive, painful, and dangerous in our sport. So after analyzing and decoding what the best in the world do, I developed an unambiguous way to teach it in a manner accessible to all riders at all levels. My methodology includes objectives, techniques, and processes not only the why, but more importantly, how and in what order that streamline the learning curve while mitigating risk, all in a consistent, standardized language. So we'll pause here. And when I first started doing a lot of one-on-one coaching, um, when, when I was getting this going, is I sort of followed a lot of the school... Um, the school way of doing things, which is you're trying to get through a day and you're trying to get through a bunch of techniques with the rider. And 
essentially trying to make somebody a MotoGP rider one day, and it just it just doesn't work. And it wasn't until I had a rider that literally couldn't hit a single apex an entire day, most of the day. I mean, how how could I, in good conscience, conscience go to the next step? How could I say, okay, hey, we're going to go work on this if he had didn't have a fundamental, under, fundamental understanding of bike placement? It was all I'm doing is setting him up to fail. So that was really a, a little bit of a, an awakening for me. It's like, look, I can't go to the next the next fundamental until you have some sort of proficiency here, and that really resonated with me, and it it really helped essentially give me permission to stay in that zone and realize I I, I can gloss over or I can shortcut somebody's. Um, uh, whatever fun, building that particular fundamental, but ultimately, when they plateau on that particular fundamental, they're going to plateau hard, and then you've got to go back and try to erase it. So, yeah, that's that is why I'm not going to move from one step to the next, and that's also why if you've if you've worked with me or if you've worked with some of my instructors, you think, okay, I got it, that's awesome, great, and they'll be like, great, let's go do it again. So this is this this how we look at this and how these fundamentals were developed was by making sure we had a pathway to succeed. So back to the guide. This introduction will cover a variety of topics. All important is understanding you. All important is understanding how you are going to interact with yourself and with your student. So remember, even though you know, these guides are written for, in some ways, an instructor. They're also written for you as a writer. And part of it is you have to give yourself permission to do some of these things. So, fundamentals. Up until now, back to the guide, fundamentals. Up until now, our sport has lacked clear and concise fundamentals. What are we supposed to be doing? Look at almost any of their sport. Soccer, tennis, football, cycling. And the fundamentals are clearly on display when we watch them train and compete. Clear fundamentals supported with objectives and drills that build steps to reach higher and higher levels of proficiency. The fundamentals I've created were organically established by what mattered most, what worked, and what enabled a rider keep moving forward with understanding and proactive choices. The fundamentals are what we should be doing. These are the, these are the fundamentals in the correct order and which I call the order of the sport. Bike placement and establishing precision. Vision and focus. Motor controls. Brake adjustability. Turn-in rate and turn-in point. Body position and body timing. So I'll pause here. This The order actually changed. Like, so if you go back and look at the podcast from early on, we actually had a little bit of a different order. And it wasn't until we continually vetted these things and worked them that we have the, the order that we have today and we're, and we're very happy with it. And the way that that worked was by working with you and working with riders, myself, and with my other instructors and at the end of the day downloading and asking, okay, where's everybody at? What did you work on today? How did you communicate it? What order did you did it? And literally writing these things down. And building a consensus of what was being said and what was working and in what order. 
so yeah, th- this was a, a long process, but this is this is something that um, that had to, that ha- had to be done. Back to the guide. Order the sport. When I first started working with riders, by far the number one request was for a better body position. Yes, body position is important, but there are, are far more important riding fundamentals that come before body. The order of the sport was created by giving a rider a clear order of what was important for, build, for building higher levels of proficiency. Body position simply didn't matter if a rider didn't understand proper bike placement, reference points, or basic brake usage. Up until the order of the sport, we were shown what to do, but not in the order of how to do it. As a teacher, establishing a consistent way of communicating with students in a particular order was a game changer. Whether a brand new rider or professional racer, everyone goes through the same process and objectives because it is the same. The order of the sport gives students a clear path of what to work on, when and in what order, and allows them to see a path to improvement. The order of the sport also enables coaches to easily pick up and follow where the student is at at all times and either reinforce or move to the next steps. So let's pause here. Let's, uh, let's linger here for a bit. So many years ago when I was working with um, my, my fighter pilot friend, uh, he, he took me aside one day and goes, he says, um, Hey Ken, you know, I know you're busy. Uh, you got a lot going on. And he goes, but you know, I'm, we're doing what you're doing. I'm doing what you're doing because I trust you and I, I can see that it works. But he said, you got to write this shit down. <laughs> and I, I, I really took that to heart. It was many years ago. And <clears throat> he gave me a couple of examples of, of, um, some other methodology that he was used to. And it was, it was neat. It was pretty cool to see. So for the next couple of years, years, next couple of years, I literally started writing everything down. Meaning I had, I I literally carried notebooks with me. And when I would do uh, a drive around, I would write down essentially what we were trying to communicate and, and the, what order. When I worked with a student, I'd write down what we worked on. When at the end of the day, my instructors got done, we'd sit around and talk about their day. Same thing, write everything down. What did you do? How did you communicate it? What did you say? What order was it? Oh, that didn't work. How come? And we spent years doing this. And at the end of this, we came up with near 200 objectives that, that um, we felt were important. And then from there, we worked on that order. And building this information to, to write the guides also came from my fighter pilot friend. He, was, he gave me some access to some um, – he gave me access to how essentially the Top Gun um, – Flying manuals were were written as they teach, and that's of course where the the, the moto pilot name came from. Uh, is is um, giving him some credit for that. So, the order of the sport is very very important because so easily we start doing things that actually don't make any difference. 
or they do, and they're again, as we'll talk about in this, they're they're an incremental improvement rather than a fundamental improvement, and that's something I'm gonna we're gonna beat into your heads a little bit because it's something that that um, uh, we see a lot of people focus on is thinking about an incremental improvement rather than a fundamental improvement. So, all right, getting back to the guide, setting expectations and boundaries. Whether working with a trainer or writing for yourself, placing yourself in a position to meet your goals is where it all starts. We tend to want to jump right to the solutions without proper evaluation of current skills, whether a process has been established in order to meet your goals. This pre-training pause, taking the time to establish the relationship with you or your trainer is the foundation of success. As a trainer for discipline that has consequences, I've been told I'm too uncompromising, too expensive, or my methodology takes too long. We tend to look at the cost of what success looks like, time and money, but what about the cost of failure? That is your training. That is what I'm trying to bring to every student, the ability to adjust to mitigate risk. Committing to the process, not the outcome. The outcome happens because of the process. So I'm sharing my five rules that I use when working with clients that I hope you would embrace when working with an instructor and for your internal conversation. Here are the five rules. So we'll pause there. I think this is, um, th- this is a massive part because when <clears throat> working with students or you yourself want to improve, I mean, deciding is the hard part, right? I mean, deciding, okay, actually, I want to, I want to improve. I, not, I want to improve, but I want to improve. That's, that's really the hard part. So how do I differentiate between somebody that's like, oh, dude, hey, I, you know, I want to work with you. This is great. To somebody else that, that is fully committed to, to doing this. And these are questions that you can ask yourself. And these are the questions that I ask um, I mean, these, these are the questions I ask my athletes when we, you know, we interview them for, for a long-term process. So setting expectations and boundaries. Back to the guide. Number one, I'm not trying to be their friend. To accurately evaluate and work with a student, a trainer needs to have an objective and not personal viewpoint. A trainer should be friendly and consider your personal situation, but not make trying to be your friend as an objective. Students will listen and respect you to the highest level if they know your only objective is to help them improve their writing. Number two, there needs to be humility. Set aside your ego and embrace the possibility of a better way and defer to what is defer to what the best in the world do. Ask yourself to be open to looking at a different to the different processes of writing. Three, be ready for feedback. If you can't accept feedback, you'll continue taking things personally and be stuck. Give yourself permission to accept feedback and understand it's not personal. Learning takes time. It's a process and is based on looping, constant evaluation and training. Accepting feedback from an expert source delivered correctly should be absolutely welcome. And we take the top gun approach. Be prepared to be scored. Four, you have to put your reps in. 
There are no shortcuts or silver bullets. You have to invest. Everybody wants to be great, but we forget the really hard part, getting good. You have to be really, really good before getting great. It's the slog, the grit of doing your reps day in and day out when no one is watching that separates amateurs from professionals. Progress isn't an accident. Professionals are predictable because they consistently work on getting better at the fundamentals by putting their reps in. Lastly, we're going to do what the best in the world do. My methodology is based on what the majority of the best riders in the world are doing. You want to be the best? Do what the best in the world are doing because if there was a better way, they would do it. We also look at what the best in the world are doing because it is constantly evolving, period. When you look at what the best in the world are doing and we emulate that, it's a natural progression of improvement. So that's a conversation to have with your trainer or a conversation to have with yourself. Those are That really is the first step in in wanting to improve and embracing the process of improvement. So there's, uh, there's quite, there's quite a bit more, there's quite a bit more than we can read in here. And actually, I think I am. Um, I'm not going to go deep on this one. Um, but we are, I think, I think it is worth talking about because it is part of the fundamentals. What are the elements that make up a world-class motorcycle racer? So back to the guide. Motorcycle riding and especially racing is a sport, but yet our sport is treated as a hobby. To be clear, whether it's treated as a hobby or a sport, it has dire consequences if the risks are not correctly controlled. The three elements that make up a world-class motorcycle racer, technique. World-class riders always trying to improve. They understand the consistent, deliberate practice of the fundamentals is what makes them better. Constantly revisiting the fundamentals is what keeps you sharp and moves you forward. Two, physical fitness. The fitter you are, the longer you can access your technique. The second your fitness drops, what happens? Your focus drops. No focus, no technique. Physical fitness in our sport should be based on a good cardiovascular base, followed by core, flexibility, and strength training. This has the multiple benefits of being able to stay focused longer, moving around on the bike easier, and recovering from injury sooner. Think of it this way. If you can't control your breathing, you can't control your technique. Mental fitness. If your mental fitness is off, you lose the ability to access your technique. And this can come from a million things. From personal to professional, this is for sure the number one training aspect I have to address. Whether it's a lack of confidence or the inability to simply focus, mental fitness is the most important and most often overlooked part of the training, especially with all the distractions of having to be connected and online every minute of every day. Create a space with your motorcycle world versus your non-motorcycle world. Yeah, how intently would you focus if you're getting ready to jump out of an airplane? Work on developing a ritual plan to help establish focus before getting on and off the bike every single time. Establish 
a focus trigger or a refocus trigger. So there you have, uh, simply that's just the introduction from one of my guides. And I think, I think in this off season, it's, it's important to, to, to think about this, right? Where we could start getting our, our uh, process for the off season going. So one of my mantras is any bike, any track, any condition. And what that means is taking the fundamentals I have and placing them in a different environment. The, the summit point story in the intro is a perfect example of that, where I can, I can take what fundamentals that I have and put them anywhere, anywhere, anytime. doesn't matter. So that's really where it all starts. And I think the problem that I've been seeing, the problem that I, I see is people are glossing over the fundamentals and putting incremental improvements or incremental technique first. And it's sort of what I mentioned, which is, you know, you're spending all your brain focus working on, say, a short shift when you're breaking literally 200 feet uh, too early. So this is why we want to build incremental techniques. Okay, so what does that mean? Think of it this way. Fundamental building is doing something until we get it right. Incremental improvement, incremental technique, is doing something until you can't get it wrong. I could go to Summit and drive well in four laps because my fundamental base was so strong. I can, I can, I can take it anywhere. It's so easy to gloss over those, those fundamental, fundamental improvements. So, okay, let's, let's have some examples of that, and, and what, can we, what can we do about that? Um, for instance, you're worried about body position, but you're missing every apex, Right, just realize that yeah, body position is important. I get it, but if you're missing every apex, that's far more important. Work on fundamental aspects before incremental aspects. So let's let's take bike placement as an example. Fundamentally, am I on every apex with good direction? We start there, and if you're not, then we have ways to to figure that out. So that's the fundamental. The fundamental aspect, right? The fundamental technique. Am I on every apex with good direction? Now, incrementally, for instance, am I adding or subtracting lean angle <clears throat> based on the type of corner at that apex? So where am I adding lean angle to? Where do I have maximum lean angle? These are a lot of things that you can look at as an incrementally. Same thing with controls. So again, working with bike placement. Uh, for the type of corner, what control am I using? Fundamentally, what control am I using? Um, am I doing it correctly for um, an entry corner? Am I doing it correctly for an exit corner? Then incrementally, what is the degree of application for that control? What, for instance, what does my break graph look like? Where is my end of breaking? So, there's some things that you want to put first that allow the incremental things to be easier and you're going to get a much bigger bang for essentially bigger bang for the buck on it. So <clears throat> to wrap up, this is off scene is the perfect time to embrace the process of fundamentals and few things there. One is, is, making this, this, the decision and accepting that there's fundamentals and thinking about, okay, what are the aspects of the fundamentals do I need? 
So the three elements of an athlete, technique training, physical fitness, mental fitness. Separate fundamental improvement over incremental improvement. And it starts with, if you're not on every single apex, you, you stay there. You stay working on your apexes until you've got every apex. Then you can start looking at, okay, what's my control usage? Then what's my degree of application of throttle? What's my degree of application of, of braking, for example? And <clears throat> yeah, I, I also wrote down in here, understand that there's no silver bullets in our sports except doing the fundamentals better. So let's, let's also end with, don't forget that fundamentals are looped. Fundamentals are looped. Meaning as one thing improves, something else, something else is going to lag behind. And what that means is let's, I'm going to, as an example, let's say you're riding a Ninja 400 and you're, you're doing well on Ninja 400, getting every apex. You're at a very, very quick pace there. Awesome. Well, and you're, and you're using the brakes that's appropriately for a Ninja 400. Well, now we're saying, great, you're going to get on a 600. <clears throat> you get on a 600 and now we've got more speed. We've got more mass. We've got more force. Suddenly you're missing apexes. Suddenly you're, you're, you're realizing you've got to go to the brakes a lot earlier. You have to build more brake pressure. So you may have a great fundamental base for a Ninja 400, but, but when you go to a 600, all that means something different. So we go back to our fundamentals and say, okay, great. Got to get back on my apexes. I have to understand, you know, wh where my brake pressure is, where am I taking away lean angle? All those things. Again, same technique, just a different degree of application. Same thing, you're going from, a, say, a 600 to a 1,000. So fundamentals are looped. And again, I think that is one of the most overlooked things. I know I say that, but one of the most overlooked things like, oh, dude, yeah, I got, I got, yeah, I got bike placement. I'm good. I'm good to go. And then they jump on another bike or they're not using that as the, as a proper uh, point of reference. So fundamentals, I, I know this is really may not have been a super uh, sexy <laughs> topic, but I'm telling you after doing this for decades, this is the one that gives you the, the most improvement and it keeps you in the game the longest. It gives you the biggest bang for the buck is embracing the fundamentals, embracing the process, embracing that they're looped and understanding there's a difference between incremental improvements and fundamental improvements. Again, you can you can change the shock spring on your bike and you can go, oh my God, am I going to go 12 millimeters of preload or 12 and a half millimeters of preload? But um, you're rolling off the throttle halfway up the straightaway, right? So realize there's a time and a place for those incremental improvements, but we got to get the fundamental ones done first. So, all right, there you go. I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. A lot more to come. Ken Hill Podcast. 2021, all rights reserved.